the value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. With me is Philip Saunders, Director at the Investment Institute at 91 in London. We're going to talk about the bond markets and a particular phenomenon which keeps on cropping up in my world anyway, and it's called an inverted yield curve. Philip, I read an article, quite a well-put-together article actually, a couple of days ago that said that for the last 50 years, an inverted yield curve in the United States of America has been an accurate predictor of a looming recession. Do you agree with this theory? Um, yes, I do. And uh, that's certainly the history. It doesn't mean that, you know, the history necessarily repeats itself. But uh, the odds certainly point very heavily in that particular direction. What it doesn't tell you is, you know, sort of when it's going to happen. You know, it can be any time between sort of, you know, t 12 months and uh, um, and two years from the point at which the yield curve actually inverts. And I'm talking about twos to tens. There are various other ways of uh, measuring it, but that, that's probably the most sort of common one. You mean that so, just before you go on, uh, for anyone that doesn't understand what you just said, twos to tens, you're talking about the two-year US Treasury versus the 10-year? Yes, absolutely correct. So that is, uh, you know, it hasn't been more inverted uh, for four decades. You have to go to back to 1981 to see it inverting by something in the order of 100 basis points. So the two-year U.S. Treasury bond currently yields 5%, just over 5%. Yes. And the current 10-year uh, U.S. Treasury bond yields fractionally under 4%. So it's about, you know, it's sort of 100 basis points and change between the two of them. And that that is pretty extreme. There can be distorting factors, but by and large, that, again, has tended to uh, presage, you know, at least, you know, quite a, quite a significant uh, economic slowdown uh, and, generally speaking, a recession. Now, the really interesting thing uh, is that, um, you know, typically equity markets, uh, equ equity market participants sort of tend to convince themselves, you know, that, that landings are likely to be soft. So clearly the Fed would like to get inflation down to its target without having to induce um, a full-on hard landing. Yes. Yep. But it's very tricky, and more often than not, they've overdone it, um, and that's led to a hard landing, which certainly has brought inflation down, but it's also brought earnings down a lot too. So at the moment, equity market participants feel that the situation is relatively benign, so you've got a lot of chat about you know, how yield curve inversion doesn't really sort of matter this time for various reasons. And, you know, my inclination is, uh, is uh, I studied history after all, and I've got a respect for it. So I think the <laughs> bias is that, uh, that we're going to have some kind of recession. Um, we don't know exactly when, and we don't know whether it's going to be a shallow or a deep one. Uh, these aforementioned um, market participants thinking it's benign. I don't think so, because uh, very recently Jerome Powell made some speech. He's constantly making speeches to various committees or, or whatever he gets up to. He's doing a fine job in many people's eyes and a bad job in many others. But um, he seemed to suggest that the rate and the pace of interest rate rises in the United States might be about to pick up again, and that spooked the markets somewhat, the risk asset markets, that is, equity markets. So I get the sense that people are a little bit more fearful than you might have suggested with your benign comment. Yeah, but I don't think that, um, you know, essentially, if you look at where valuations are in terms of US equity, 
equities. Yes. Um, sure, multiples have come down somewhat from last year, quite a lot actually, because you know earnings have gone up as well. So that's basically helped to reduce uh, um, price earnings multiples. Uh, but you know, if you look at sort of analyst estimates, bottom up analyst estimates, you know, we're really not seeing a sort of you know expectation of a significant decline in earnings, maybe 5% from the cyclical highs. And if we have a recession, you know, then that's going to be wrong. Uh, and it's uh, sort of, it could be wrong by a significant order of magnitude. Hmm. That's very interesting. Now, what normally happens, if we're talking about history now, and I talked about decades worth of evidence that says that this current inverted yield curve is going to lead to a recession. How do the markets react though? Well, how do market participants uh, react? Do they start selling now? Do they start selling when somebody wakes up in the morning and a light bulb goes on and says, wait a second, there's a recession, let's get out of this thing? How does it work, Philip? Well, typically, um, you know, equity markets tend to uh, uh, respond uh, relatively late. Uh, bond market participants tend to be sort of earlier. And, you know, we've got this downward sloping yield curve, which suggests that uh, bond market participants believe that inflation is going to come down over the fullness of time to sort of, you know, something akin to the Fed's target, which is why basically 10-year U.S. Treasuries are trading around about 4%. You know, that could accommodate, a, you know, 3% of inflation, 100 basis points for real yields, sort of yield, uh, risk premium for taking the duration risk. And that suggests that, you know, when we get through all of this, that we're going to have lower inflation. It won't be as low as it was in the sort of previous cycle. That's obviously what's sort of currently sort of built into markets. However, getting from here to there, yeah. I don't think that that is priced yet. You know, because clearly Powell is recognizing that it's going to be tougher than he'd hoped. So hence the talk about a 50 basis points hike in two weeks time at the next FOMC meeting, you know, and markets sort of trying to get used to the you know reality that uh, a that short term interest rates could have to go up to circa 6% and then stay there for a considerable time. And I don't think that that is you know, they're beginning to factor that in, but, you know, that that is an uncomfortable truth. And it increases the chance of a harder landing, okay? And I don't think that that is yet fully in the price. It may or may not happen. I think the odds are potentially increasing. And, you know, an economy like the U.S. economy, particularly the supercharged one after, you know, sort of COVID, you know, is like a super tanker. You know, it has enormous momentum. And, the whole tightening process happened pretty late. So these, you know, the effect of tightening tends to sort of come through with a significant lag. And I think that, uh, you know, market participants tend not to have a lot of patience. Oh, we haven't arrived in a recession yet. It's going to be a no landing. That's now, you know, regarded as a sort of material probability. I think that to get inflation back down towards uh, 2%, you know, is going to require a loosening in the labour market and, you know, interest rates, you know, financial conditions have actually got to get tight enough to actually induce that. We may or may not be there yet. The labour market is very interesting because I was speaking to one of your colleagues who says, uh, you know, apart from the inverted yield curve story, which is a predictor historically 
of an impending recession. He said the one thing that he and his team look at quite closely is jobless claims, not the jobless rate or the non-farm payrolls data every month, which is keenly watched, of course, but he looks at jobless claims and he says when those start to rise and with an inverted yield curve, then that's a good predictor uh, in the next, I think he used the number eight months, actually. That is when the recession is going to start. Uh, is that something that you share, that theory? Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good rule of thumb. And, you know, I think what tends to happen is that you get these significant inflection points. You know, things look sort of perfectly, you know, that they're sort of continue to be strong. And then when the claims start to inflect then typically that tends to accelerate. And so therefore that's, you know, sort of a swallows and summer type of thing. Mm. But no one indicator is, you know, perfectly reliable. So I think you've got to look at a number of things uh, and that's certainly something to keep a weather eye on. Okay, final question now, and it may be inappropriate, and you can tell me to go and jump in the lake if you want me to, but given what you've just said, um, (laughs) how are you at 91 positioning yourself strategy-wise for a potential recession? Are you starting to do so, or are you waiting for more indications? I mean, I think this has been our view for some time, and so we are, you know, the trouble is that, you know, you do get strong rallies, uh, such as the one that we've seen. And, you know, we basically buyers of risk assets back in October last year, having been very defensively positioned. We use strength to then sort of moderate that exposure. We think that basically bonds are close to sensible levels in a number of markets. So we've tended to add to duration. And of course, you know, if suddenly we find ourselves in a recessionary situation, then actually having some duration in portfolios provides diversification. You know, finally, you know, we got to levels at which basically bonds, you know, offer a sort of the reasonable prospect of that kind of sort of uh, impact on a portfolio. Whereas when they were yielding next to nothing, you know, <laughs> and there was an inflation problem, then obviously they were not an attractive form of defensive asset. So we had a policy of having you know, really minimal exposure to bonds and actually a very low uh, level of exposure to equities. So where are we now? Well, you know, we don't think that this is the time to be hitting out in markets. So we're more comfortable about Asian markets, Asian equities, um, you know, because China is basically, you know, is going to enjoy a recovery. How long that lasts, who knows? People debate, you know, whether or not it's going to be strong or weak. So we're reasonably sort of happy to have exposure in that particular area. Europe has obviously had a strong run. You know, the data has been a lot better than, you know, people generally expected. But the essential dynamic of the withdrawal of liquidity and rising rates, you know, remains in play. So we don't think that this is a time to be uh, bulled up, at least on the sort of equity and credit side. Philip, thank you very much for your insight. Philip Saunders is a director at Investment Institute at 91 in London. This podcast is a marketing communication and is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of 91. In South Africa, 91 is an authorised financial services